Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Franchise pros, Stan the Man, Paul Segretto, Badlands Baby. <laughs> Franchising today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchising today. Hello everyone in the franchise world, my name is Paul Segreto and this is Franchise Today. Today is Wednesday, September 6, 2017 and I'm reporting live from the city of Houston where we are continuing to dry out after the effects of Hurricane Harvey. My co-host Stan Friedman is with us from Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, where he's finally settled back down, albeit for a short time, after being on the road like the typical road warrior that he is. <laughs> Stan, how are you today? Hey, Paul, it's great to be home, and it's good to be here for more than a day or two, so thanks for uh, thanks for acknowledging that. Yep, and I'm certainly glad I didn't send you the uh, the weather like we normally do, because you didn't want this uh, storm that we had. We had so many people, obviously, as people have seen on the news, uh, on TV, and read in the papers, and seen just horrific pictures online. And of course, the franchise community has not um, uh, left this without being uh, hurt themselves. There's so many franchisees that lost homes, lost businesses, and uh, several franchisors in the area have been adversely. Uh, affected and, and certainly uh, my thoughts and prayers and heart goes out to everybody um, that was affected by this. This was uh, uh, catastrophic to biblical proportions. And then, of course, now we have our friends in Florida uh, facing somewhat of the uh, the same uh, trek of a hurricane, Hurricane Irma, coming through there uh, in the next few days. It's really a uh, a tough time for a lot of people, Stan. No doubt, Paul. In fact, as part of the front of the house today, I, I didn't make note of some companies that are doing things in, in any way they can to be helpful for those that have been bitten by this really bad bullet. Urban Bricks Pizza has been helping Texas residents after Harvey in the wake of the hurricane. Urban Bricks gave away more than 700 pizzas to residents of Corpus Christi who were affected by the storm. And, um, you know, they're just one of many, Paul. I've seen Massage Heights has set up a, a, a hashtag, My Massage Heights Family, that can be accessed from Facebook to try and help the great many franchisees in the communities that were hit by the storm through these tough times. And I saw the Jersey Mikes in their inimitable fashion always giving away and giving of themselves. Jersey Mikes and the food banks have teamed up for hurricane relief in, with the Houston Food Bank and Corpus Christi both to provide hurricane relief for Texas residents that are suffering from the storm. And I told you this yesterday, Paul, you know, all of us are a little bit removed from it, but, you know, you do what you can to try to make a mark and make a difference and hope that the little bit of contribution that you make will help somebody on the other end. And, and if enough people just do a little bit, it's going to make a big difference, Paul. I know it will. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, people um, 
both in and out of franchising is really what's going to uh, make this recovery um, somewhat better than it might have under other circumstances. I mean, people have have pulled together in so many different ways. And um, as I told you yesterday, I guess what made this uh, storm an event uh, a little bit more uh, hard on me is the fact that we we actually know of people, not just seeing them on TV and faces that we don't know, but know of people that, you know, lost their homes and in one case lost a, a loved one. Really a, ter- a terrible event, but the terrific job done by so many people and so many people in franchising to, uh, to, to want to help and, and from throughout the country, not just in the area. I mean, the, um, the pouring in of support, the amount of, I mean, just emails and, and voicemails and texts that I personally received as we were, you know, fighting through the hurricane was just, it, I, I can't even explain it. It was just, you know, tremendous. And then now uh, there's been so many of them actually on the front line uh, working with people and trying to uh, uh, help them through recovery. So uh, obviously, you know, people are resilient. We'll get through it. This still uh, will be one of those ones that will pass and be a memory, although um, it was a tough one. Well, I think that uh, the human soul and human spirit is alive in franchising, as I've shared, just a, a small smattering. I'm sure there are so many franchise companies, in fact, I would encourage anyone listening to us uh, that's part of an organization that's contributing to the good of trying to get families back on their feet in Texas. Let Paul and me know about it. Let us share out what you're doing and see if we can't muster some more support from those who listen to the podcast who might not even know that there's a way that they can be helpful and keep it within franchising. So let us hear from you in the coming days and weeks. And I'm certain we're going to be doing the same thing again for Florida, Paul as we don't know exactly what the yep. path of the storm is yet, but we know it's headed to Florida one way or the other. Yep, absolutely. So what else is going on in the world of franchising, Stan? I know since we uh, last spoke, um, you were at the Franchise Capital Exchange as that was wrapping up, and then, of course, you were in Minneapolis uh, with Brian Schnell and company, um, and then, of course, you were on to Buffalo. So give us a little bit of rundown of what the experience was like over the last couple of weeks and what else might be going on in the world of franchising. Well, the, the Franchise Capital Exchange was a tremendous success and a learning experience for those who were the brands that participated for the first time and getting their fine-tuning and learning how to present themselves to private equity uh, potential investors. And then on to the Faye Gray Baker Daniels, Five Habits of the Successful Franchise Organization. It was a tremendous summit. There were hundreds in in attendance even as we were flowing into the Labor Day weekend. Um, I think one of the best ever Fagre. They're all good. I've never been to a Fagre event where it wasn't just better than the time before each time, but it's, um, it's hard for me to fathom how you can continue to raise the mark and the watermark goes up higher and higher year after year. This conference was phenomenal, and I don't think there was a soul there that could have gone home with anything but a bucket full of nuggets, as Mr. Schnell always talks about those take-home pieces, take-home values of a conference. And we are upcoming on 
the Franchise Action Network this coming weekend uh, opens up on Sunday in Washington, D.C. I'm sure a lot of people are watching the weather for that. Um, keynotes there are going to be U.S. Labor Secretary Anthony Acosta. And, um, and you know, IFA is promoting Chuck Todd, the uh, anchor of Meet the Press, as one of our speakers. I'm not going to let that stand in the way of anything, Paul. I'm going to go anyway. Um, <laughs> Chuck Todd. <laughs> Chuck Todd to me is not Tim Russer. He's not one of my favorite commentators. He's not fair and balanced. He's very biased. And uh, great interviewers. I just find myself on the other side of his opinion more often than not. But uh, nonetheless, Chuck Todd will be featured as a speaker at the Political Action Network uh, fly-in. And then uh, one last thing I want to call out before we get to our guest is that uh, coming up in October, it's a little out there, but I want to bring this to people's attention now before it becomes too late. So a great many of our brethren will be flying into Atlanta for the Franchise Update Fall Leadership Conference opens on the 11th of October. Well, for those who are coming in on the 10th, on the evening of the 10th from 6 to 8 p.m., the IFA's Atlanta chapter of the Women's Franchise Network is going to be having a get-together right a block from the hotel where everybody will be staying for Franchise Update and it's at the City Club of Buckhead, and it's going to feature one of our truly best friends in the world of franchising, Mary Kay Liston. So if you want a real oh, value awesome. add and a real, a real bonus, um, and you're going to be in town anyway, you don't have to be an IFA member. Anyone who's in town can attend. Just don't wait for the last minute. So it's going to be again at the City Club. And um, contact me if you'd like, and I'll send you a link back out to uh, – to the registration form for 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. on the evening of October 10th, Tuesday evening, in front of the Franchise Update event, when we can get a real special kickoff to that event with an evening with Mary Kay Liston. That's fantastic. That's going to be a great event. Um, really love Mary Kay. Um, she's really going to bring some interesting perspective. That is awesome. Um, well, of, of course, course Stan, we have... I was going to say she's going to be talking about values, Paul. So she's going to be talking sure. about are you living rich? Are you living rich? And anyone who yep. comes can uh, can do some charity work too. Franchising gives back. Mary Kay are going to share inspiring messages. But um, they're going to be doing this to the benefit of something called Dress for Success in Atlanta. And uh, anyone who wants to bring gently worn career apparel, handbags, travel size toiletries will be helping those in need through that organization. So do well. By doing good and come have an incredibly wonderful evening with a couple of hundred of your closest friends in franchising. Well, that'll be great. And of course, we also have the, um, the now the annual springboard event. Um, as Brad Fishman was our guest a couple of weeks ago and explained that that's coming up uh, the third week in September. Um, I, of course, will be there. FRM Solutions, your company, Stan, is a, a sponsor. Uh, so I look forward to uh, seeing you there. And then also the day after Springboard, I have been asked to speak at the New England Franchise Association uh, meeting up in Boston. So I'll be in the Northeast for an extended stay, and then we'll be coming back. So definitely uh, a packed schedule, regretfully, uh, due to um, recent circumstances surrounding Hurricane Harvey. I will not be at the Washington, D.C. event. Um, I'm really sad about that because I, I thoroughly want to uh, support, uh, as I always do, everything regarding franchising. 
but obviously I had to uh, look at some priorities, and that's what I will be doing. So um, I will be there in heart and soul, uh, but unfortunately not physically. So you'll so have to Paul, be my eyes and ears for that. I'll do, I'll do both. And before we get into the meat of today's discussion and, and our interview, um, I just wanted to segue quickly into a very quick trivia question. So here it is. You ready? Yep. What do the numbers 220 and 12 have in common? Well, I, I would have to say this has something to do with your annual trek up to uh, <laughs> Buffalo, New York. And I would say that Joey Chestnut ate 220 wings in 10 minutes, which is just 12, unbelievable. 12 ding, ding, ding. No more callers. Okay. We have a winner. Okay. We have a winner. <laughs> oh, my God. Just, just, and I gave you a hint. That's just I gave you a hint when I said I wanted to do this to get to get into the meat of the program, right? <laughs> yeah, 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 absolutely. Um, yeah. So today's guest was, was quoted as saying, I appreciate that people are serving healthier products now. We've been doing it for a long time. 80% of our smoothies have no fat at all. We want to be a healthy alternative to fast food. And, of course, that's the CEO of Maui, Waui, Hawaiian Coffee and Smoothies, Mike Weinberger. Mike, welcome to Franchise Today. Aloha. Thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Aloha. So, um, you know, one of the things that, you know, going back and forth with our great friends at, at Fishman Public Relations, they, uh, they gave us a lot of insight uh, into the brand. We're really excited to, uh, to learn a little bit about that today. But before we do so, why don't you tell us about, you know, Mike Weinberger, the person. Um, as you know, we talked before the show, uh, all of us in franchising, probably, most likely, I would say definitely, didn't get out of school at one point and say, you know what, franchising is the trek that I'm going to uh, to, to lead myself down because I, I, I love franchising. And yet I know so many of us, you know, absolutely love and adore franchising and would do anything for it. So take us on a trek, take us as far back as you would like, and kind of just take us through this journey of, of what led you to Maui Waui and where you are today. Wow, that's a, that's a great question. So um, originally born <laughs> and raised in uh, Akron, Ohio, went to school um, in Southern Ohio, Miami University, and loved the state of Ohio, but decided to, to get out of there um, when I graduated college, knowing I wanted to go to law school, so I came out to Colorado, um, skied and played for a year, and then ended up going to the University of Denver. So during my time in law school, probably about the third year, I realized I um, didn't really enjoy law firms and a lot of what lawyers did. So that, that's always a difficult conversation uh, with yourself and with your, with your parents probably, saying, you know, I'm not going to be a traditional lawyer. Um, fortunate enough at that point in time, we talk about serendipitous paths that I um, met a, a couple gentlemen who were starting a, uh, a franchise company and it happened to be a smoothie company and I uh, I started there as an intern and um, legal intern and worked my way up into a general counsel role as I graduated law school um, 
the, the brand was Squeeze, and we, we got about 30 units going over the first couple of years. And at that time, I decided, well, maybe I should leave and go work in a law firm, see, see what it's really like. I was relatively young, 26 years old. I went to a law firm for maybe 60 seconds. I hated it. It wasn't me. It wasn't a good fit. It was it was bad. Um, was fortunate enough to um, know the gentleman who owned and ran Maui Wow at the time, Michael Haith. Uh, my smoothie company was in the same building as his, so we had a um, friendly rivalry, I'll say. And uh, so I reached out to him to see what was going on with Maui Wow at the time, and as luck would have it he was looking for uh, someone to come in and help out with um real estate construction run that department and also um uh, general counsel so i came in um in 2011 to maui waui and started you know working on the brand learning it its idiosyncrasies and seeing how much fun it was and uh working with michael and uh like you know flash forward to 2013 i I became CEO. Michael had some other interest, and um, who's gracious enough to let me run the company as he uh, as he pushed on some other brands he was helping develop. Um, in 2015, we'd experienced some pretty significant growth over the year over year, and we uh, we sold the Kahala brands based in Scottsdale, Arizona. They have over 22 brands under their umbrella here. Coldstone being the Halo brand, but Blimpy, Pinkberry. Um, you know, taco time, just to name a few. And uh, for the last two years, been been working uh, for Kahala, um, helping Maui Waui grow. So it's been a it's been a good ride over over the last. Uh, I've been in franchising for 15 years, so it's it's kind of crazy to think that already. I'm, I'm turning 40 in two months. Wow. So with Kahala and the acquisition of Kahala. Uh, Kahala itself was recently acquired, wasn't it, and moved up to Canada, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah, so our um, our company, is, our, the domestic operations of Kahala are based in Scottsdale, and that's where they remain. The owners of Kahala previously, um, the Soroya Private Equity Group, sold to MTY Group, which is a, a larger franchisor um, based in Canada. So we're still... our our domestic operations are 22 U.S. brands, and they have an international presence. Will remain here in the U.S. in Scottsdale, and then we have our um, other 20-some brands based out of MTY in Canada, and a few of them are coming are coming down um, south of the border. Um, Thai Express being a, a big one that's um, done quite well in Canada and is going to be making an uh, appearance here in the U.S. over the next couple months. I think we have one or two already opened. So I have an, a question that goes back to, I guess, 1997, which is when I first met Mike Haith. And Michael and I used to see each other on the road with IFA events. And I was ironically a blimpy executive back then who knew that you guys would wind up under the same um, umbrella. But the thing that I know about Michael and the growth of the Maui Wowie brand was all about culture. It was Michael showing up with Hawaiian shirts while the rest of us were business casual. It was Michael speaking from the heart about Ohana and and family. And that's kind of the hardest part, I think, when a brand gets acquired 
it's hard to bring the culture forward along with the new ownership. Talk to the audience a little bit, Mike, if you would, about how important that is in your in your culture to maintain the culture and through the ownership changes and management changes, how have you managed to keep that experience for the consumer intact? Well, you hit the nail on the head with that one. I mean, it's it's dead on. And I'm a, I am a big culture guy. I think culture trumps all. So uh, Michael and I had those conversations, a lot of cups of coffee, a few beers. It's not always about selling the company. It was selling to the right the right fit, the right party who understood what Maui Waui stood for, what we're all about. Um, I'm not wearing shoes right now. I'm wearing sandals, right? I, it's it's not a cliche. It's really how our system runs. So we spent a lot of time during that um, acquisition period or search period looking for the right fit, and Kahala was truly the only fit. I mean, it's it's kind of interesting if you look at our our website at Kahala. It's surf, right? It's all all our brands are surfboards on there. Um, the people that run the company or have the same mentality of taking care of franchisees first. Um, they do treat their franchisees like Ohana. So it, it, that truly made made uh, selling the company made sense then. And over the last two years, um, it's it's been remarkably easy to transition in because not a lot has changed. It's only really changed for the better. So not only myself, but my core team from Maui Waui are all now Kahala employees. Um, it's it's not a not normal in acquisition for a majority of employees to go with the acquisition, right? A lot of times they get swallowed up, but our our employees are all there. So we've been able to keep that culture and teach that culture. And if anything, we've got to add to that. We have um, at before acquisition we had 15 employees at Maui Waui. And now we have at least 60 that touch the Maui Waui brand in some form or fashion. We had our, you know, our annual franchisee conference down in Scottsdale, and it was, it was awesome. It was great to see, and you know, it's uh, I would say it's a good, it's a good company to be with. It's a great time to be um, part of this because we have much, many more resources to support that. I like the term you use, the Ohana, the family, of how we treat our franchisees. Yep, absolutely. The uh, the cornerstone of your brand, and for those listeners that aren't aware, Ohana means family in Hawaiian, and what better way to epitomize a franchise organization as being family. Uh, I certainly truly believe in that, as many others do as well. It is the cornerstone of, of all franchising, or at least uh, should be. You know, Mike, uh, Maui Waui has, you know, some some different um, business models, so to speak. Uh, there's a lot of flexibility. You have mobile franchisees. You have um, flexibility of the different types, uh, carts, kiosks, uh, catering. I know you've made a, a big push into sports stadiums, which I believe is, is certainly brilliant, not only from the business standpoint, but of really creating brand awareness in front of thousands and thousands of fans every time um, your brand is seen. And um, and of course, you know a, a bunch of other events like cheerleader events, swim meets, etc. What you know when when you're from a consumer standpoint, from a consumer standpoint, what can 
um, what is the, the common denominator, so to speak, you know, beyond the culture of being able to see, you know, Maui Waui in all these different places, albeit there are obviously different sizes, there's a different backdrop or whatever. What is really the common denominator that makes Maui Waui stand out at the forefront of the consumer's mind? Yeah, good question. I mean, for me, it's always been and it always will be um, our product and the the Maui Waui experience. So to put it in a, a few words, the vacation in a cup, right? No matter where you are Ooh. at these stadiums, these events, and we're, we go – we go big, we go small. We're in uh, NFL stadiums, NBA, NHL, and we'll be in uh, your, your kids' elementary school uh, for the PTA. It doesn't really matter. It's Maui Waui anywhere, anytime. But the goal and the common denominator to uh, hit your question, it, it remains the same. It's to provide that healthy product to the public and for them to sit there for a second and be transported to the islands, right? All our smoothies have umbrellas. Uh, parasols in the cup. They all have a, a fresh banana. They all taste delicious. It's, and we also have our uh, coffees um, from Hawaii. They're, you know, roasted here in the U.S. and we ship them out to our franchisees. But it's it's to take that out to the the consumer. And you know, Michael and Jill Summerhays had that vision from 35 years ago, and it still hasn't changed. It's uh, it's, it's to provide a, a healthy alternative to. Um, the funnel cakes and corn dogs that that are always around, right? If sometimes people just want to have something that feels and tastes good, and uh, and also gives them a little bit of that uh, aloha spirit. So, in the controlled environment, when you're in a stadium or someplace, and consumers have fewer choices, even if the healthy is what they want. I mean, they're they're limited to what they can go to. How about out on the street side and retail? and where consumers really do have choices and make decisions about which brand, not just what it is they want, but where they go to get it. Where do you, how do you communicate there to the consumer? And how does the consumer, more importantly, communicate to you that their passion for this brand is what it is? So I know in, in concepts, well, that aren't probably nearly as healthy or good for us, you know, the In-N-Out Burgers and the Chick-fil-A's, those that have those iconic kinds of followings, I get a sense that Maui Wowie has that too. What drives that? Yeah, it's kind of it's the same ideal, but to your point, it is a crowded marketplace. So the mobile business, which is actually truly 95% of our business now, we've got over 400 um, mobile units around the world. Um, we have 25 stores. So the, to flash your question, the, the stores, it's it's that same vibe. So it allows us to have more real estate than our um, our 10-foot cart. So you can walk into that 1,000-square-foot coffee smoothie shop and um, put your feet up on, on a nice uh, a nice hammock. We sell some sandals. We bring in local foods, meaning the, uh, the local burrito guys. And it's almost like that, if anyone's been to Maui, that local market feel, that, that comfortable feel. Um, our products are all there. We have a great espresso program. We just launched a green smoothie this year for to compete in that crowded marketplace because the the competition is truly doing that and the consumer is asking for it. So it's um I wouldn't say it's too much different than going into a a Starbucks 
or you know any of our, our Jamba Juice, any of our competition, other than the vibe, right? All every all our competition is great. They serve premium products, but walking into Maui Waui, it's, you're getting that independent vibe, if that makes sense, of a mm-hmm. local shop, locally owned and operated. Um, that's that's really the point of differentiation we shoot for on the retail, on the fixed brick and mortar stores. So the best of economies of scale, but still feeling like a mom and pop locally. Yep. Great. Exactly. Dead on. You're listening to Franchise Today. I'm Stan Friedman, along with Paul Segreto. And today we're talking with Mike Weinberger, brand president of Maui Wowie. Franchise Today is brought to you by the Franchise Foundry, where they've been bringing emerging brands to market for more than 30 years. The Foundry fosters healthy, sustainable growth for their clients, the kind that comes from experience. The Franchise Foundry provides both coaching and consulting, a hybrid style that delivers more effective solutions for both the franchisor's corporate team as well as for their franchisees. The Franchise Foundry team is rich in practical hands-on experience with expertise in general business management, operational and change management, digital marketing, and of course, franchise recruitment and development. Plus, The Foundry team can also assist you with creating roadmaps for potential mergers and acquisitions, and they can provide the guidance needed to navigate those caught courses. Learn more about Paul Segreto and the Franchise Foundry, along with their expanding list of clients at www.FranchiseFoundry.com. Franchise Today, also brought to you by FRM Solutions, offering best-in-class CRM and document management software designed specifically for franchising. FRM empowers real-time business intelligence, communication, and collaboration between all members of the franchisor's team and perspective as well as existing franchisees. This enables you to simply and seamlessly track, access, and manage all messages to and from prospective and existing franchisees, including texts. Legal and compliance is simplified too with FRM's document management and even site visits can be digitally facilitated and scored with FRM. Make today the day you give FRM a look and assure that all of your candidate and franchisee correspondence, including texts, are being permanently tracked and stored in candidate and franchisee records. FRM even provides state-of-the-art digital experiences for your prospective franchisees, replacing old-style virtual brochures. No long-term contracts, Multiple upgrades each year at no additional cost. No excuses, just solutions on the web at frmsolutions.com. So, Mike, Paul alluded to it, and you've discussed it, too. You've got so many moving parts between tiki hut carts and that you can use at events, kiosks, fixed buildings. Um, Just how many franchise offerings are there? How many different ways are there for a potential franchisee to get into your business? Yeah, no. Um, good question. So, truly, there's one way in, which is through your franchise disclosure document. Um, the, all the offerings are kind of placed in there. And then what we do, as our franchise development team, is work with the individual prospects to feel, figure out what's the best fit for them, um, whether it be our standard kind of poly cart, which is the workhorse of Maui Waui. That's the majority of what you see out there or if they're looking more for catering, um, or a brick-and-mortar store. What, what's going to fit their world best? That's, that's what's nice about Maui Waui is you get to work when you want, how you want. 
right? A store, you, we know it's going to be open every day. Um, you're going to, and, and you're going to go to that place every day. So, a majority of my franchisees prefer the mobile model, and why that is is they they have families, they have life, they have other things going on where they they really want to work every night or every morning or every other weekend. So, um, in our out of our 200 franchisees, no no two are the same. If that makes sense, um, some of them have. 11 carts some of them have two some of them have a couple stores so it's that's the beauty of Maui Waui it's while it is a franchise program you're able to still customize that business to fit your life and and still take care of your family you know I love the way you describe it as a uh, vacation in a cup and I want to read some of the comments from franchisees um you know, one is about freedom. It says, I love the opportunity to dress casual, be outside, keep the business small, grow it as large as I'd like. I jumped in with both feet and haven't looked back. Uh, another one on Ohana, family. Maui Waui is a collaborative system with a genuine feeling of helping one another grow, thrive, and be successful. No other franchise concept compares. And, of course, what you're alluding to, flexibility. Uh, at Maui Wow, you can have a storefront, go to events, you can do catering. So there's a lot of choices what we can do with our business. Uh, just remarkable testimonies, but the, the flexibility uh, of the brand uh, obviously allows for so much. But, of course, it all comes down to the, uh, uh, you know, the core component. And another franchisee here in Texas said it was with the Healthy Smoothies that caught my eye because I wanted to focus on youth. I wanted to offer an alternative and everything was sugar. So when I found that product, the Maui Waui product, I was very excited. So really a well-rounded program for franchisees. So tell us a little bit about the day in the life of a Maui Waui franchisee. What can somebody expect to be doing in a typical day as a Maui Waui franchisee? Sure. Um, you know, as I said, no two franchisees run the same business, but a lot of uh, a lot of their day-to-day activities are are the same. So I I, I use the coin analogy: two sides of the coin. Um, the heads being the business development and the development of your book of business. So we'll take the event world. Franchisees need to go find those events. We have a a whole team of um, support to coach and help them sell into events, pitch kits, marketing materials, identify um, events, uh, stadiums, venues in their areas or territories. When I say their territories, um, we don't actually have territories, but I mean close proximity. Um, if a franchisee lived in California and wanted to do an event in New York, they could do that. They could literally log on our system and say, hey, um, I'm going to be in New York. I'm going to travel across the country. I'd love to go to the U.S. Open. Is any other Maui Waui franchisee there? If not, they could protect it and go after that. So a lot of the uh, heads of the coin is pushing for and, and getting those events. The tails is the operation side, running the event, getting set up there, making sure your product is uh, is ready to go, putting on your smile, your aloha spirit, and uh, you know just serving serving that vacation in a cup. So it it allows um, allows our franchisees to kind of have the best of both worlds, where they're they're going out to get those events, the events that they want, and then they're they're operating them. Um, as the bigger you get, 
you know, you have more staff under you. Obviously, you can't be behind 10 carts all at once. So some of my um, bigger and better franchisees have staffs of over 30 to 40 people working working for them. And that's that's great to see because you see a franchisee not only supporting their family, you're seeing them grow a business that's taking care of other families and, and you know, giving a premium, healthy product out to the the public. It's that that's why I do what I do. I love that. That's awesome. You definitely get to hear the passion in your voice, Mike. You know, today um, and of late, I've been reading a lot restaurant business and uh, Nation's Restaurant News about McDonald's. You know, mounting a new raid on Starbucks. Uh, another headline says McDonald's making a big bet on coffee. And, of course, we know about the great-tasting uh, smoothies that Maui Wowie has. Tell us a bit about, you know, the coffee. I think it's the, uh, um, it's, it's the part of Maui Wowie that, you know, many people, you know, don't understand the uh, fantastic quality of the Hawaiian coffee that you provide. Tell us a little bit about the coffee component to the franchise opportunity. Yeah, absolutely. So, um our coffee program was born about eight years ago, and what we're seeing um, in the field or from our hearing from our franchisees and from our our raving customers was, you know, this smoothie's great, but in some of these early morning events, we really want a good cup of coffee. We can't find a good cup of coffee inside these stadiums or at, at our kids' soccer tournaments. So um, Michael and Jill. Um, partnered with a local coffee roaster who had a, a good tie with all the Hawaiian farms and we started bringing them beans in from Hawaii and roasting them and you know piloting it seeing how it goes and it came back with rave reviews mainly because if anyone's traveled to the islands they always talk about the coffee there the Kona coffee so we have Kona blend coffee we have Molokai which is another island we have Kauai so we try and we try and recognize those islands. We even our limited time offer this summer was uh, the Midnight Kona, which is a dark Kona blend. So, for the coffee connoisseurs out there, um, you know you can buy our coffee online at shop.mauiwaui.com. You can find us at our local stores in your neighborhood, or you know you can get that coffee in the field. It's uh, I would put it up against um, any coffee out there. It's I'm biased, obviously, but it is delicious. <laughs> So I've got a question that uh, that goes to the business of the business, because I believe, if I'm not mistaken, that you're in a unique space where you don't charge royalties. So how do you make money, and how does a franchisee uh, make their contributions toward the good of the whole to keep you guys in business and in support of those franchisees? Yeah, sure. Um, we don't charge a royalty, that's true, and it's you know, the main reason that was born out of it was people don't operate every day as a Maui Waui franchisee. And two, um, we were born in an age that the iPhone, the iPad, the i i things didn't exist. Wi-Fi didn't exist. So we were, you know, we were a cash business. So um, what Michael and Jill came up with, which still works very well, is we, we sell the product. So we sell the coffee to our franchisees. And we sell the uh, the smoothie to our franchisees, the smoothie components, the blend. It's uh, we have a facility in Utah that makes makes our blend, and then it goes out um, to all our franchisees around the world. So that allows us to um, 
make some money as the business owner, but also for a a franchisee not to have to pay a royalty and they that they can set their own pricing because I'm sure we all attest the prices inside an NFL stadium are a lot different than they would be at your kid's football game um, for Pee Wee football. So, so the flexibility of Maui Waui needed to needed to remain with uh, not taking a royalty. And then when we look at the universe of franchisees, I believe you can get in as with as little as a single cart, but when you get into the entire population as a whole, what percentage of your franchisees would you say are multi-unit? And how many of them came back for second bites after only starting with one location? Yeah, we um, we take it pretty seriously that we want everyone to start just with one, even if their vision is to, to build, and that's just allow um, – they don't know what they don't know, if that makes sense. They're learning the mm-hmm. brand, they're learning the system, they're learning the products. So they'll come in usually with a cart, and uh, I call it the training wheels. Uh, it, it is on wheels. So um, get their feet wet, learn it, and then we work. they work with their respective RDOs, which are their um, supports, franchisee support staff, and talk about what their growth plan for the business is, and then we can go from there. But uh, over 60%, 65% actually of our franchisees are mobile op- or multi-mobile operators, meaning they have one cart or five carts, and they have a, a catering unit that goes with it. Um, it's that's that is the business. It's being able to kind of get your feet wet and then learn and then grow from there and add that staff in and be in multiple places at once. So, Mike, let's take a, a deeper dive into the um, the franchise opportunity and start, of course, with the uh, ideal franchise candidate. Who are you looking for? Who would you describe as your ideal franchise candidate? It might sound weird, but I I want good people, right? I want people who treat people right, mm-hmm. um, and. It does. It, maybe that doesn't quite make sense, but one, we're obviously in franchising in a customer service business. Uh, two, the event world, the stadium world, is fairly small. I liken it to the world of franchising, where everyone kind of knows everyone. So, being able to treat people right is the key ingredient to the growth of your business. Um, not burning your bridges. I always call it ten things my mom taught me growing up. Um, that still apply, especially to Maui Waui, and it's it is that. So step one is good people. Um, so we we take an inordinate amount of time screening uh, prospects and working with them to make sure it's it's a good fit on both sides. Um, after that, acknowledging it's hard work. Any business is hard work. So we um, we match efforts. We support our franchisees, but we we can't get them out of bed in the morning. So making sure that they understand that um, there's plenty of opportunity. I mean, we do over 10,000 events a year, and there's probably a million more we don't do, right? Um, and that th- those are the events that are open to the franchisees, but they have to be willing to go and get them and work them. So simple simple things. Uh, good people with a good work ethic. Uh, we have a great um, military um, class of franchisees. I think over 15% are from the military, and they – they do extraordinarily well just based on on that regimen because they fit both those boxes. Um, yeah, that's it. Sounds easy, but that's, yeah, that's really what we're looking for. We teach them the rest. Yeah. 
Yeah, and you also offer the military veterans uh, a discount as well, correct? That's absolutely. That's that's the least we could do for uh, for the service they provide to the country. That's happy to do sure. it anytime we can. Absolutely. Yeah, you know, I heard you. You know, you mentioned about you know a customer service environment, but it really uh, appears to be uh, a lot more than just service. It's it's an experience. I love the, uh, the the big letters across the screen on the website that says Island Attitude, Big Wave Flavor, and obviously um, that resonates well to uh, customers because everybody likes to have fun. Everybody likes to have a uh, a good experience. So what creates that positively memorable experience? You know, for 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 years to come, and and obviously Maui Wowie's been doing that for quite a long time. I mean, it's been around. Uh, a very, very long time, even for some of our listeners that might not uh, have been aware of it until today, uh, although I could, I can understand how. Uh, certainly its uh, history perceived itself here. So with the, the franchise opportunity, um, give us some insight into what you might be looking for from those, and I'll call them select franchisees for lack of a better word, they really are looking at something bigger. I understand you start them out. You want them to understand the culture, get their feet um, wet, so to speak, you know, starting out with one, cunt, one um, you know, a cart and what have you. But think about it from the perspective of, you know, somebody that comes in and says, you know, I really want to take my market by storm. I mean, are there, are there limitations? What type of, of, of program do you put them through in order to progress and help them meet their own goals as well? Yeah, I mean, we we don't put um, any governor on on their success or their limit of, of how quick they want to grow. So if if you know, truly, someone comes in and says, "Hey, we I want to my goal is to operate ten carts fairly quickly." That's that's great. We have something called an empire builder, which is the the rights to open um, or have ten carts. Our standard is three carts. So they you know out of the gate, if that they want to do that, that's that's great. We support them on that. I mean, there are quite, I think we have at least 20 to 25 franchisees, so over 10 to 15% of the system who have have those 10 carts and they're, you know, they are they're operating them all the time. They're they're pushing events, they're in NFL stadiums and they they do all the colleges near them and it's, you know, um go to down to Houston in Reliance Stadium. We have eight carts inside the stadium right now. So we do all the Texans football games. If you go up to Minnesota for uh, Minnesota Wild hockey, you know we have five or six right there. So we we're not going to stop people from their idea of success. We're just there to support it. Um, we have a, a whole support team, including someone dedicated just to um, helping people find events and venues and getting them in, um, negotiating contracts with the concessionaires and supporting them. So we're th- we're there to take care of them. Mike, do you do any cross-promotion across brands? Do you have any of your franchisees that are flying other flags under the Kahala umbrella and or even those that may be multi-unit operators or multi-branded operators flying other flags as well? Uh, right now, we don't have any Maui Waui franchisees who are doing any Kahala brands, but um, that probably will change, I guess, in the near future. We've been exploring some of those options. Uh We've uh, we've tested uh, a pink berry Maui Waui combination here in Denver, 
um, inside a retail location. So there's there's some synergies that I I think we'll we'll see come around um, with the with the premium products. What we do like to do at Kahala is make sure that each one of our brands operate independently and they stand on their own. So um, we have a Blimpy and a Kahala coffee traders next to each other. But right now Maui Wowie is not is not um, co-branding, so to speak. I'm reminded of conversations that I've had with some of our other guests that remind me back in my Blimpy days when we used to look for co-branding efforts. And um, with extensions of our day part, we were able to, with yogurt, for example, back in those days, find a really good co-branding partner because the yogurt companies like you didn't charge royalty. So there was no battle between the franchisor making a determination as to, you know, which dollar went into which register or which draw or which till, you know, is it was percentage of, of all sales if it was co-branded with Blimpy. And I can see in reverse where that could be a benefit for you with some of the other families of, of brands under the Kahala flag where bringing in other product would make it easy enough for a co-branded situation because there's not a double dip on royalty. Yeah, absolutely. We've been, uh, we've definitely been exploring that internally and trying to, you know, find the right fit, but I, I think uh, our product stands on its own. And it, to your point, it's, it is a great add-on for to someone's core business, right? Whether it be sandwiches or ice cream, it's uh, it's nice to have another product that can help build franchisee sales, um, even if it's just incrementally. So much like the Disney philosophy of hire the attitude, train the skill, you're looking for people that are like-minded, love people. Um, high social skills, what do you do to bring a, a franchisee or a prospective franchisee through your process, and how do you how do you mitigate against those decisions that might not be the best ones, and how do you assure that the ones you're making are? Yeah, so we, you know, we have a pretty um, set-in-stone development process as far as bringing in prospective franchisees, a lot of uh, I call it homework, but it's more just making sure everyone's making a good decision on both sides, and uh, it culminates with a, a discovery day and an executive interview, breaking of the bread with me and some of the other exec team, just to make sure that they are a good fit for Kahala and for Maui Wowie. And then, uh, if uh, if they're awarded a franchise, they they move directly into a pretty comprehensive. Uh, K-Tech is what we call it, Kahala tra- Training in Scottsdale, Arizona, and uh, getting immersed in not only Maui Wai, but Kahala brands, and uh, we have an entire interactive team and marketing team there to support and let them know that all these resources are there at their disposal. It's, it's truly why people buy a franchise. And who can say no to a trip to Scottsdale? I guess that's just the icing on the cake, right? Yeah, there's also a, a, we have a um, test Cold Stone store in our office. So it, along with the um, franchise, you, uh, you get all the ice cream you can eat. <laughs> oh my Great gosh. stuff. So, not, a, not a bad gig, Great right? Stuff. Not a bad gig. <laughs> in the little bit of time left, we don't want to let you get away without giving the audience an opportunity to learn how they can reach back your way, learn more about the brand, get in touch to uh, see you perhaps at an upcoming event or franchising event that you're showcasing at. Let's let the audience know how best to find you and learn more. Yeah, no, appreciate that. Um, the best way to do it is uh, 
Maui Wowie Franchise dot com. So it's it's M A U I W O W I Franchise dot com, and it gives you a great overview of our our concept, what we're all about, kind of the high notes that I hit. Uh, you can request information. There's some testimonial videos from our franchisees. I always like uh, people interested in Maui Wowie not to hear it from me, the brand president, but to hear it from our franchise system. Um, so I, w- yeah, I would go there, and um, you'd be surprised if, uh, for the viewing audience, we're probably in a back a backyard near you, an event near you, a stadium near you. So keep your eyes out for that little umbrella and uh, a bunch of people wearing Hawaiian shirts with smiles. That's that's Maui Wowie. <laughs> that's great. Excellent. That's Excellent. great. Well, thanks for being our guest today, Mike. Uh, I really uh, appreciate it. And, um, again, that's the website, www.mauiwowie.com. Thanks for being our guest again today. Thanks. Really appreciate it, guys. You, you have a good one. Thank you again, Thank Mike. You. Appreciate you being well, you, know, you know, Stan, I was uh, sitting here as you were wrapping up with, uh, with our guest today and looking back uh, at our guests just over the last uh, four months, we had, you know, Patrice Rice and Brian Miller from Patrice and Associates. We had Larry Sutton from R&R Tire, who was uh, featured on um, Blue Collar Millionaire. Of course, we had Jimmy John, uh, Leotode from Jimmy John's, uh, David Nielsen from Guidant, Gary Findlay from Restoration One, Jennifer Beale Saxon uh, from Tot Squad, Dina Dwyer Owens from the Dwyer Group talking about values, Ashley Morris. Uh, from Capriotti's, Rocco Fiorentino from Benetrans, Gigi Butler from uh, Gigi's Cupcakes, Marianne O'Connell, Franchise Capital Exchange. Um, we had Michael Potes from, from Gaddy's, Jeff Leffler from Franchise Grade. Um, we had the, the honor of having you uh, interviewed by me a few weeks ago. Brad Fishman came up uh, two weeks ago and talked to us about Springboard. We have Mike Weinberger, obviously, today. Next week, uh, we have John O'Brien from Poolworks, who was supposed to be on the show a few weeks back. Actually, a couple of months ago, we had some technical difficulties. And then I received confirmation from Joyce Mazzaro. Her and Michael Side uh, will be on the show on the 20th, talking about their new Dummies book, Franchise Management for Dummies. And just as we were closing up, I got a note from Fishman that Sam Ballas from East Coast Wings has confirmed for October 4th. So it looks like we're really going to wrap up the year on a high note uh, as we lead into, get this, our ninth year on the air, which of course occurs in January. Stan, I have to thank you again for all that you do for our show. Well, ditto that, Paul. You, uh, you've done an incredible job for most of those years long before I got here. So, Happy to be part of the program and thrilled to hear about Sam Ballas. I, I always love talking to Sam. He's the only franchisor I know that has a license plate on his car that says EBITDA. There's a guy who understands what <laughs> drives yep. success in franchising is unit economics make for very happy franchisees. And Sam, boy, he sure gets that. So I'm looking forward to that too, he Paul. Does. That'll be a great episode. That will be. That'll be. Until next week, my name is Paul Segreto, wishing you the best, the very best, 
in this great, great, unbelievable thing we call franchising. And with that, Franchise Today is <laughs> Franchise pros, Stan the May, Paul Segretto, Badlands, baby. Huh. Franchising Today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise Today, sustainable growth, the sensible franchising. Franchise Today.